Okay. Awesome. Um, so last week uh, was an incredible way for us to start the new year. Um, we had the opportunity to just really press in and, um, you know, we talked about hosting, hosting Jesus and hosting his presence and what that really means. Um, <clears throat> and and it, was, it was just an incredible service. And, and as I was um, preparing for today and preparing, you know, kind of for this next season and what this new year means, uh, to wrap up 2022, we talked a lot about the names of Jesus that are mentioned in the Bible, specifically those in Isaiah chapter 9, <clears throat> that he's our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father, our prince of peace. But the one thing we didn't get a chance to talk about, and I could not fit this into one Sunday, so it's going to be what I'm going to chat through, at least for, the, for January, is what the name of Jesus means and the power that goes with the name of Jesus. <clears throat> so, I'm going to start there today, um, but before I do that, I want to take you back. Back in time, some of you, you, maybe you haven't even reached this time if you're a young kiddo, maybe this was 20 years ago, maybe it was 50 years ago, but I want to take you back to 7th grade science class. 7th grade science class. Maybe that was in a public school. Maybe it was in your living room if you were homeschooled. Uh, whatever it was. But I want to take you back. <clears throat> so, shout it out. I'm curious if, if any... I, I had to do a little research on this because it's been a little while. Who can tell me the difference between potential energy and kinetic energy? Very good. It's active. So, potential energy... And kinetic energy. So potential energy, if you couldn't hear Cliff, it's energy that is stored in an object. So think about your car when it's not moving. It has a lot of potential energy. It's not going anywhere. It's sitting in your driveway. But all you have to do is turn a key, and now all of that potential energy that that car had turns into kinetic energy. Now you're driving. It's moving. It's active, right? So potential energy is often where we find ourselves where we're in a spot where we're at rest we're waiting we have a lot of potential energy to go and do something but it's just at rest or another example Graham plays baseball I coach his team when a pitcher is waiting to throw a pitch he's holding the ball in his glove that ball has a lot of potential energy because by itself it can't do anything it needs a pitcher to move it and change it from potential to kinetic energy. So as soon as that ball goes from in the, the pitcher's glove and he throws it, now it changes to kinetic energy. That ball is moving. And I want to take some time talking about, and I promise potential energy and kinetic energy fit into what I'm talking about today. I'm not just giving, giving you a brush up on your, your science lessons. Um, we just wrapped up talking about how Jesus is all of these things to us. Our wonderful counselor, our prince of peace. We know that he is so many things to all of us and then he brings life to us. And the, the significance that coincides with his name is, is critical. It's important. So I'm going I'm to say some names. Don't feel like you need to shout any of the things out, but I want you to think of the first thing that pops into your mind when you hear these names. Maybe you haven't, maybe you don't know who these people are, and that's okay, but I at least want to share some of the 
some of these names. The first thing that pops into your brain, and I'll share with you the first things that pop into my brain. Michael Jordan. Greatest basketball player of all time. First thing that pops into my head. Don't argue with me on that. If you're a basketball fan, Kobe and LeBron, they're good. They're not Michael Jordan. George Bush. President. President. Broccoli. Broccoli. <laughs> it's the first thing that popped into your brain. 9-11 is the first thing that pops into my head. Right? Benjamin Franklin. Penny. Light. $100 bill. Kite. Right? George Washington. Founding president. <laughs> uh, okay, now we'll bring it back to some, some pioneers of the Christian faith. Uh, Billy Graham. Evangelist. Kenneth Hagin. Faith. Teacher. So all of those names carry significance, right? They can instantly bring things to our remembrance, right? Names have power. Now, those are people's names. When I say the name Disney, what do you think of? Empire, Empire Walt Disney. Maybe you think of Mickey Mouse. If I say the name Quick Trip, what do you think of? Food. Greatest chocolate milk ever created. Come on. If you've never had Quick Trip's milk in a bag, you're missing out. It's so good. It's so good. But all of those names carry significance for us. Now, if you were to go to Africa and you said the name Benjamin Franklin, would that person know who you're talking about? Probably not, right? Maybe if you said the name Michael Jordan, somebody might know who that is. But those, those names that I said carry significance to us. Just like I found this out recently. I'm not, I'm not big up on cultural trends. Um, but there's this K-pop band from Korea. Uh, Eliza, what's their name? Oh, I know you know. Sing it. Oh, I, there's no way. Uh, maybe, yeah. I can't remember. But they're very prominent. What is it? Just say it, Eliza. BTS. BTS thank you. <laughs> BTS. See, I don't even know. BTS. Most of you probably be like, who is that? They're one of the most popular music artist band, boy bands in the world. Over in North Korea, there are thousands of girls, fan and, and, and guys, go to their concerts. When I was younger, what? South Korea. South Korea. When I was younger, it was all about NSYNC in my house. Come on. All of you probably heard some NSYNC or Backstreet Boys, or maybe it was the Beatles in your era, or uh, the, a Journey, the Who, uh, the who, whoever it is. Metallica. Maybe you were like into some of those bands. Those names of those bands carried significance. Michael W. Smith. Everybody, does everybody know who Michael W. Smith is? He's a Christian artist, right? When I was a kid, I had a Michael W. Smith cassette tape. My kids wouldn't even know what a cassette tape is, but I had a Michael W. Smith cassette tape. And there was a song on there that every time, even, even to this day, Michael W. Smith has thousands of Christian hits. Maybe not thousands, hundreds. And I, every time I hear his name, I still think of the one song that was on that cassette 
that I could probably still sing to you. So names carry significance, right? We understand that. Our own name carries significance. So if you were to go and buy a house, for those of you that have done that, you have to sign your name an exorbitant amount of times. Way too many. Like, can I just initial? Eventually it starts as a signature, and by the end it ends in just this, like, scribble of a line. It's not much. There's not much there. But your name, when you're signing it, it carries a lot of weight. You're saying that I, Adam Verks, agree to this, whatever it is. If it's a contract, if it's some sort of legal document. When we moved into this space, I had to sign a lease that said that we are going to, A, reside in this space and agree to all the terms of that lease. So the, my name, in that case, carries weight for this space, right? So your name, or any name, carries a lot of weight to it, right? Names carry significance. I mentioned the name Michael Jordan. And I grew up in the 90s, and I grew up in western Wisconsin. Not near Chicago at all. In fact, I've never been to Chicago. But I was the biggest Chicago Bulls fan. Because they were the greatest basketball team at that time. They won three championships. Michael Jordan decided he was going to go play baseball for two years, which was a bad decision. Came back and they won three more championships. They were the most exciting basketball team to watch. And that was before everyone just stood at half court and shot three-point shots. I won't go there. I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a basketball nerd. But loved it. And if Michael Jordan would have come and said, Michael Jordan is coming to Ellsworth High School, and he's gonna, I would have been like, what? Like, it's so cool. And it could have been someone else named Michael Jordan. It could have been some, you know, special speaker that also had the name Michael Jordan. But because his, that name carried so much significance, I was so excited. We've all heard those stories where somebody has the name of somebody famous, and it's really not that person. My dad was just telling me a story. I'm also a golfer, and there's a, um, there's a golf tournament every spring called the Masters. It's, it's an incredible weekend of golf. The Masters is like this pristine, almost looks fake, pristine golf course in, in Georgia. And there's this guy who happens to have the same name as a professional golfer, and he accidentally got invited to the golf tournament instead of the actual person who was supposed to, because of his name. So names carry significance. Just like the presidents that I listed, George Washington, you think of the first president. Maybe you think of that picture of him crossing the Potomac during the Revolutionary War. Maybe, maybe you think of something else, money or whatever. Abraham Lincoln, you probably think of a man with a long beard and a big black hat, right? Because when you hear his name, you think and you correlate things to that name. So names carry significance. Yet, those are just names of human people that have a beginning and an end. They, they're born and they die. Their name carries significance for the time that they are here on this earth but as soon as they go, their name has less significance. So when Michael Jordan, when his time on this earth comes to pass, he'll be remembered as this incredible athlete until someone better comes along. 
oh, that person, that person's better. We're big Packer fans in our, in our house. And we are spoiled Packer fans because the Packers have been good for the last 30 years outside of a few stragglers in there. But they've been really good because they've had two incredible quarterbacks. And Aaron Rodgers has been their quarterback since 2008. 2008. But when Aaron Rodgers goes away, when he goes to another team where he decides to not play football anymore, someone is going to replace him. And, you know, he might, oh, that person might get compared to the previous person for a few years. But then eventually, they get forgotten about. They live their life. But during the time in their profession, in their career, whatever, their name carried significance. Yet there's one name, and this is what I want to talk about today, that carries significance for all eternity, and his name is Jesus. Right? His name is Jesus. All of those people will die. They will live their life. They will go on and do something else. But the name of Jesus carries the same weight that it did at the beginning of time as it will at the end of time. It is the name above all names. Above all names. It has power to pierce through the darkest night because his name carries power. His name carries power. So I want to start by looking as, at an example of this. So if you can turn with me to the book of Acts. We're going to start in Acts chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. So I'm going to share a story with you. Now, this portion of Acts is after Jesus has died, rose again, spent time with the disciples, and now has ascended into heaven. So he's no longer living side by side with the disciples. In Acts chapter 2, we, we find about when the Holy Spirit came and he filled the disciples in the upper room with fire. So now we're past that. And we get to where Peter and John are walking to the temple. So follow along on the screen. Follow along in your, in your own Bible. I'm going to read along. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. <clears throat> Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. Now that's a pretty cool story. A miracle that happens in the Bible. And, and really one of the first miracles after Jesus leaves the earth. And there's a few different things that I want us to look at in 
this specific story. So first and foremost, it says that this lame man wasn't just any paralyzed guy. He was a man who had been paralyzed since the time he was born. So most likely, that person was very well known in his community as a paralyzed man. It wasn't just like somebody that was like, oh, wow, that guy was just there. and People knew who he was. His name carried some significance as the lame, paralyzed man that sat at the gate asking for money every day. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago with the man that was healed at the pool of Bethesda, this person only knew what it, would, what it meant to be paralyzed. That was his identity. He was a cripple. That's what he did. In fact, as we read that, you can see that when Peter says, look at me, he was expecting money because that's what he did. His job was to beg. And he was used to it. He got carried there every day so he could beg. That's what he was expecting. The thing is, is Peter and John didn't have anything to give to him. But I also want to wonder, how many times had Peter and John walked past this man into the temple day after day and gotten used to, wow, there's the paralyzed guy again. Oh, yeah, he's asking for money. I'm going to keep walking. So why was this day different? Because they understood the power they had in the name of Jesus. They had walked past this guy over and over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, it was, light bulb. <laughs> we can give this guy something that seemingly... We have never been, we haven't given him before. So he, Peter says, look at me, makes eye contact with the guy. The guy's a beggar. He's probably so used to people ignoring him, walking right by him, not paying attention to him. And all of a sudden this man says, look at me. Of course that guy was like, yeah, what are you going to give me? Awesome. And yet Peter and John didn't give him any money. Instead, they realized the power and the authority they had in the name of Jesus that allowed them to act out what Jesus had told them to do. Jesus had told his disciples already, you will do greater things in my name. Greater things. Greater things. And here Peter walks up, and I can only imagine the shock and awe on Peter's face too. Like, whoa, what just happened? That's awesome. And this guy comes walking and leaping and praising God behind them. And then all of the people who had walked into the temple that had walked by this guy day after day who recognized him and said, whoa, I know that guy. He used to not be able to walk. Think about the testimony that that guy had. Think about that. That he could now go and tell his brother, his mom, his sister, his uncle, whoever. I used to not be able to walk. And then this man prayed for me, and now I can walk. So how many people do you walk by in your life that are waiting for you to notice them? How many people are you walking by in your own life that are like this cripple? They might not be physically paralyzed, 
They might be spiritually paralyzed, emotionally paralyzed, financially paralyzed, and you just keep on walking on by. And that's not, to, that's not to condemn anybody. We all do it. Everybody walks past people every day. Everybody does. But think of the difference you could make if you realized the power that lives inside of you in the name of Jesus. When you accept Christ, you are accepting everything that is Christ. It's not just part of Him. Here, I'm going to give you this, but I'm not with... He gives you everything. The difference is it's up to us to tap into that everything. It's up to us to realize the authority we have in the name of Jesus. Think about how many times you struggle in life. We all struggle. We all have our own thing, right? It might be fear. It could be doubt. It could be worry, whatever it is. And think of what would happen if instead of running to the doctor the very minute something happens, you pause and say, no. I might need a doctor because doctors are important. I'm not saying doctors aren't important. They are important. They have a very important job to do. But our first instinct shouldn't be to run to the doctor. Our first instinct should be to run to Jesus. He's the great physician. He knows all the ailments that we face. He knows all those things. When you have a financial concern, should you be running to get a loan from the bank right away? No. You need to run to Jesus. He will give you the wisdom on what to do. Right? He will give you the wisdom on how to handle those situations. Not because you can't go see a financial advisor. My wife and I have a financial advisor. He's a great guy. He helps us plan for the future. That's not a problem. But my first instinct when I have a problem shouldn't be to run to him. It should be to run to Jesus. Because eventually the human wisdom that that person has is going to run out. Jesus never runs out. These disciples, Peter and John, they knew the power they had at their disposal. It's kind of like a battery, right? We have rechargeable batteries that we use in our microphones and different things. And eventually, at the end of service, those batteries, the energy within them is pretty, pretty small. We have to recharge them, right? A battery has a lot of potential energy, but it needs to be hooked up to a source in order for that energy to be exposed, to be used. Just like your phone. If you don't ever plug in your phone to be charged, it's going to just be a paperweight. You're going to walk around with this brick of a thing that you can't use because it doesn't have power. Right? You have to plug in to the power source. That power source is Jesus for us guys. Like, we need to plug in to what Jesus has. So that means being intentional about reading his word. Being intentional about studying who he is, what he is, what he did. Understanding his character. Being intentional about it. We are intentional about a lot of things in our life. We are intentional about what we eat, what we do, how we spend our time. Time. Oh, that's a word. We could talk about that for a long time, but not going to go there. Jesus just wants us to be intentional. The disciples, they spent three years with Christ. 
three full years side by side with him. Side by side. And still they were learning as he was ascending into heaven. Could you imagine how much you could learn if you spent three years side by side with Jesus? It'd be incredible. We, they didn't even have the Bible. All they had was Jesus. We at least, we have his manuscript. We have what he has left us, instructions on how to use the authority that coincides with his name. In John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, go ahead and pull that up, Eliza. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Jesus is talking to his disciples there. Did he say, ask for some things and I will do? No, he said, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. For those of you who have kids, I know I have to say no to my kids a lot. We just got back from vacation uh, from uh, Wisconsin Dells with our kids and with the Price fam, and we had a ton of fun. But there were countless times I had to tell my four-year-old, no, we're not going to do that right now. We're not going to do that. And that's a normal thing for a parent to have to do, to set boundaries, to say no. Elijah, my four-year-old, if it was his choice, he would live on candy and soda, right? That would be his diet. It would be awful. But if it were his choice, that's what he would do. But as his parents, we have to say no, right? We have to say no. In John chapter 14, though, Jesus says, Ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Anything. Now, I want us to understand that when Jesus is saying that, he's talking about heavenly things. Right? He's not saying, God, I want my neighbor to fall down dead because they wronged me. That's not what he's saying. But what he is saying is, if you have a need in your life, you can ask the Father in the name of Jesus, and he will do it. I think the caveat to that, and I want us to all remember this, is he will do it, but sometimes it's in ways that we don't always expect. Right? So you might ask for supernatural abundance. Lord, give me a million dollars. He might give you a million dollars, but it might be over the course of 15 years of you working your job. He's going to give you supernatural abundance, but he's not going to have you win the lottery tomorrow. It's all about perspective. Sometimes our perspective gets so skewed because we expect when Jesus is saying anything in my name that he is going to give you everything and you're going to just be roll, rolling like Scrooge McDuck. Anybody remember watching that cartoon as a kid? He used to bathe in all of his money, right? That's not going to be the case. But he will provide every single need that you ask for. He wants us to have supernatural abundance. He wants us to have more than enough. He wants that for us. But sometimes we expect him to give us way more than enough. When, the, when he's truly saying like, I'm going to give you all that you need and then some. So there's so much power in 
the name of Jesus. In that, in verse 13, it says, you can ask for anything in my name, in his name, in the name of Jesus. He, he reiterates it too. He doesn't just say it once. He says it twice. He just compounds it. He says, you can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I'm sure that the disciples were looking at him like, really? And he's probably like, yeah, really? Ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So tying this all back to how I started today, Peter and John had a ton of potential energy. They had a lot, of, it's like the battery. They had a lot of potential energy stored inside of them. Before interacting with this beggar, they had spent time with the Father. They spent time with Jesus, tons of time with Jesus, understanding who they, who they are. They had all of this potential energy, and as soon as they realized it, they turned their potential energy into active energy. They went from having potential to realizing all they needed to do was tap into the source, Jesus, and their energy went from potential energy to active energy. Because the name of Jesus carries what with it? It carries power with it. It carries power with it. That power is only as good as when we tap into it. We can go about our life knowing Jesus and being a part of him. But if we never take our authority and say, no, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if we don't tap into that power, it's just there. It's potential. It's just like when we're standing. Jesus is standing at the door. He's waiting. He's knocking. If you never open the door to let him in, he's just standing there waiting. His power in his name is there as well. We just need to tap into it. And how do we do that? I want to close with this. It's really simple. Because Jesus made it simple. We use our active faith to activate what He has already given us. When we are sick, the name of Jesus. When we are broken, the name of Jesus. When we are hurting, the name of Jesus. When we are tired, sad, insert any emotion, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus carries so much power, so much strength that we need to be able to tap into. That we have the authority as believers to tap into. He's given us the keys to the car. We just need to turn it on. Right? He's given us the keys. He said, look, here's, here's all the power that goes with me. You have full access to it. Just tap into it. Potential energy is just that. It has potential. When we accept Christ, everything that is Christ comes in us. We don't, again, we don't receive part of Him. We receive all of Him. When we declare the name of Jesus over a situation, that potential energy changes to active energy. It changes to an active faith. Right? And we can watch as God does miraculous things in our life. Things that you would never have been able to do on your own strength. Things that you go, whoa, where did that come from? When we activate the power that's within us, when we use the power that was given us by Jesus, when he died on the cross, that is when we get to see and start to see 
those miraculous things, like this beggar, this lame person, start to walk. The name of Jesus. I'm going to be talking about it for the next few weeks. I get so excited when I talk about this because I think as believers, it's one of the easiest ways for us to activate our faith. For us to step into what Christ has given us. It's a free gift, guys. We don't have to do anything to earn the power that was given to us by Jesus. We just accept Him. Accept that gift and walk it out.